It's the 2022 World Cup. It's the squad update for Argentina. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and uh, today we'll be updating Argentina's squad for the 2022 World Cup. So we have done a media cast on the groups which took a close look at Argentina's team as well as a player media cast which went through each of the candidates for making the final squad. There are also short versions of those. And uh, the player edition ended with a prediction of the starters. And uh, we'll do the same thing here at the end. Uh, This media cast, though, is an addendum to that. In other words, we won't be repeating all of that, but uh, we will be summarizing the key information and then adding on to it. Uh, So it's not necessary to listen to that version, but uh, you should know that the conclusions we draw here are both based on that information and explained in more detail there. So we recommend the full player podcast, but uh, if we have time, we're hoping to release a player version focused solely on the final squad, uh, giving the bios of just those 26 players who made the team. Uh, Okay, well, the final squad has been released, and today we'll find out how accurate we were in our predictions. We're going to list the names of the candidates and then announce who made the uh, preliminary and then the final squad. So as we guessed, most squads had a few surprises for us, uh, players who didn't make it and uh, new or unexpected players who did. So uh, we'll go over those players and summarize them at the end um, just uh, to kind of review them. So we'll also discuss whether the selections and the games played since June 2022 (laughs) have changed our thoughts on our predicted starters and on the team's prospects. So here we go. I am proud to say I actually have an appropriate shirt for this one. So my Argentina shirt, the the right colors for this one, and also the right shirt. Okay, well, we're beginning with uh, formations. And really, we're focused on the uh, recent games. There were two September friendlies and a November uh, game on November 16th. Uh, But we're going to kind of review their formations uh, since the Copa America there and then i will tell you what happened in those recent games so um uh, generally no let me uh, cover the games first uh um the first one was um uh in usa actually the first two uh, september games were both in usa first one against honduras and the second one against jamaica both of them with three nothing wins uh, there and uh, finally in november uh, November 16th, they went to UAE, so maybe to kind of acclimatize themselves to that area and uh, played against the UAE, so playing away there in UAE, and it was a 6 nothing win, so pretty convincing. Uh, in terms of formations, well, we'll look at the uh, uh, formations over time so that we'll have something to compare them with. So actually... Um, of, uh, Argentina is pretty steady in its formation selection. Um, uh, basically, there's three that they alternate from. All three of them were in the Copa America as well as in World Cup qualifying and in the friendlies too. So a 4-3-3 formation, that's actually what they started Copa America with and four of the seven games were that formation. A 4-2-3-1 formation, uh, two of the games in Copa America were that. And uh, in the final, it was a 4-4-2 formation. So uh, roughly, that's um, uh, that's also the frequency. So 4-3-3 is usually their most common formation. Uh, 4-2-1-3, slightly less uh, used. And then um, 4-4-2, used least of all. And when we get to the, uh, the last three friendlies there, we see that they used a 4-3-3 twice and a 4-4-2. Uh, for game four. So I'm sure we'll see something like that. The common element there being uh, four defenders at the back. And, um, yeah, so so two central defenders and two wingers. They don't deviate from that. And uh, usually there's uh, just one line of midfielders in the 4-3-3 or the 4-4-2. Um, and then, of course, anywhere from one to three forwards 
uh, at the top. So uh, the other thing I want to point out is that all three of those recent friendlies were played by 18 players. So those are players uh, who were likely starters for the cup. So they weren't experimenting with new players uh, a lot there. Okay, and maybe they were experimenting a bit with uh, uh, possible starters um, uh, because there are a few positions where, where there are uh, we're not really sure who is going to be the starter. Okay, well, let's move on to talking about the squad. And uh, we start with manager Lionel Scaloni. So, again, we're not going to do the full bio here, but you can listen to the full-length podcast if you want that information. Lionel Scaloni has been with the uh, national team of Argentina from uh, 2018. He's been in charge. So uh, we are going to consider him a uh, successful candidate. He made the squad. In other words, he wasn't fired shortly before the cup. Okay, let's move on to goalkeepers. And the way we're going to do this is to uh, go through the candidates uh, by name and then um, eliminate those who were not selected and uh, tell you which ones were. And then we're going to finish the section with a little summary of the position. So... I'm uh, going to make the graphics a bit bigger here. For goalkeepers, we have a definite candidate in Emiliano Martinez. And uh, two likely candidates in uh, Franco Armani and Juan Musso. I do have a note uh, on Juan Musso. Um, I'll get back to that. Uh, and we have a possible candidate in Geronimo uh, Rulli. Um, and then possible but unlikely candidate in uh, Esteban Andrada, but he did not make the squad, so we'll eliminate him here. And then two, uh, uh, sorry, uh, a player who seems to be off the squad, uh, Augustin Marchison. Uh, however, he did make the preliminary squad, which was a bit surprising to me. However, uh, did not make the final cut to the to the final squad. Okay, and uh, we'll go back to the story on Juan Musa, the injured candidate. Uh, well, let me first just say who made the uh, final squad. So, uh, Emiliano Martinez made the final cut. Uh, Franco Armani, the likely candidate, made the final cut. Um, Juan Musso uh, didn't. He made the preliminary squad, but not the final cut. And uh, so, Geronimo Rulli, our possible candidate, made the final cut there. So Juan Musso, uh, a bit of a surprise because we had him as likely. Uh, but we did note in the uh, previous podcast that he was out with a fractured jaw from late September. Uh, the truth is he overcame that quickly, even though he did undergo surgery. And he was back playing for his team by October 30th. And um, now I'm a bit unsure here uh, to what degree his injury played a role, though, because the preliminary squad was named on October 22nd, kind of before he came back from injury. So uh, perhaps the injury did play a role. Uh, however, the manager would have been aware of the situation and would have known that, uh, might have known that he was going to make it back in time. Nevertheless, he was not selected. Rather, he was named to a reserve squad. Um, for the cup, which I, I, you know, whenever I've seen teams use a reserve squad, it's kind of a, a sop that they throw, they throw to uh, Cerebus there uh, just to make them feel a bit better. Like they have been selected, but they really haven't. Uh, so I'm going to just say Juan Musso wasn't selected there. But I suppose if one of these players uh, gets injured, there's a slim chance of him coming back. So Emiliano Martinez, Franco Ormani, Geronimo Rulli, the selections for goalie, and I'll summarize the position. Uh, Emiliano Martinez had played seven of their 11 World Cup qualifying games, with several of the keepers given a start. Uh, Ormani played one of those as well as their last June game, and uh, Raleigh started their first September friendly, uh, which kind of suggested that the manager had him in mind uh, even before Musa's injury. Uh, anyway, it was Martinez for the last two of those friendlies. And so, um, uh, I mean, that gives a hint that Martinez is the starter, but we'll come back and discuss that at the end of the podcast. We, we won't uh, predict starters here. 
Let's move on to central defence, and the candidates were uh, Nicholas Otamendi as a definite candidate, uh, Lisandro Martinez as a likely candidate, along with uh, German Pazelli. And uh, for possible candidates, we had uh, Christian Romero and uh, Lucas Martinez Corta and Marco Sanesi. And then a player who seemed to be off the squad, uh, Facundo Medina. So we can quickly eliminate Facundo Medina. Medina. Uh, he did not make the squad. Um, let's look at uh, who made the uh, squad then. And we have uh, Nicolas Otamendi, our definite candidate, uh, selected for the World Cup. And Lissandro Martinez, um, also selected. Jermaine Pazella, uh, selected. And uh, Lucas Martinez Corta uh, was selected for the preliminary squad, but uh, didn't make the cut to the final squad. And uh, Christian Romero um, was uh, selected, although there is a comment on him, but we'll just finish going through the candidate. Uh, Marco Sinisi also selected for the preliminary squad, but not making the final squad. So just let me tell you uh, how many of the... Um, uh, players were selected for the preliminary squad. So it was a 48-man uh, preliminary squad, and the final uh, the final squad is uh, 26 men. So we're going to see uh, 22 players eliminated here. That's almost half of them. And uh, in fact, the team was cut from 48 to 28, and then uh, over a few days to 27 to 26. So um, they were waiting to kind of see if certain players were uh, uh looking like they were going to be fit to play i'll talk about that a bit more when we get to those players okay so uh martinez quarter and uh Sanisi not making the final squad that leaves us with nicholas otamendi uh lisandro martinez german pazelli and christian romero so i'll summarize who's been um starting or playing yeah starting in the position actually there was a lot of rotation among these uh, four players Otamendi, Martinez, Pazella, and Romero. Uh, Otamendi and Romero did enjoy kind of longer spells of starting, and uh, Lisandro Martinez got the least amount of play. And uh, actually, that continued into the recent friendlies, with all four of them starting the September game, so two of them one game and two of them the other. And in November, it was Otamendi and Lisandro Martinez. So. Uh, we'll see what we make of that when we try to predict the uh, starters at the end. Meanwhile, we'll move on to left-backs here, and the candidates are Marco Sakuna. We didn't have a definite can candidate, so he was a likely candidate. And Nicholas Tagliafico, uh, also a likely candidate. And uh, that's all we had in this position, and both of them made the squad, the final cut. So Marco Sakuna and Nicolas Tagliafico going to the World Cup. Uh, in terms of the position, Acuna and Tagliafico alternated in the uh, Copa America there, but Acuna played a little more in World Cup qualifying, or uh, played more in World Cup qualifying, especially at the beginning. Uh, Tagliafico came in a bit more towards the end and played the two September friendlies, and Acuna uh, played the November friendly. So again, we'll try to make sense of that when we uh, uh, predict the starters at the end. Moving on to right-backs, we have a definite candidate in Nahuel Molina, a likely candidate in Gonzalo Montiel, and a possible candidate in Juan Foyth. Uh, and uh, all of them, oh, sorry, I kind of jumped ahead on the uh, YouTube graphic there because I was highlighting them as I went, but uh, that is what happened. All three of them were selected. Uh, so now we'll go to a summary of the position. Uh, Nahuel Molina started most games, but Montiel came in for two of the last three, sowing a bit of doubt in our mind as to who the starter was going to be. Molina uh, played the first September friendly, and Montiel played the second. And then to add a bit of confusion to the mix, uh, just uh, in the in the most recent November game, one fourth was selected to play. So all three of them playing, uh, uh, one uh, starting one of the last three games there. 
Okay, let's move on to the uh, midfield and we'll begin with central midfielders. Uh, actually, um, yes, we did have Giovanni Lo Celso. He's coded as a central midfielder, but uh, even in the uh, main podcast, we moved him to a left midfielder uh, because that uh, that um, organized things a little better for us. Uh, so here we have a definite candidate in Leandro Paredes and a, a possible, oh, sorry, a likely candidate in Ezequiel Palacios and also Guido Rodriguez, both likely candidates. We have uh, Alexis McAllister as a possible candidate. And um, we have a possible but unlikely candidate, Nicolas Dominguez. And uh, yeah, that was it for the squad. Uh, we did, uh, in the previous podcast, have Leandro uh, Paredes as an injury concern. And we'll update that uh, here. Okay, let's go uh, through who made it first. Uh, well, Leandro Paredes made it, and I'll talk about his injury uh, here. Actually, it does seem a constant worry. Uh, we, we reported that he was out for the June games with an abductor muscle tear, and that had been going on from early April. And uh, he had had a couple of injuries previous, uh, uh, previously in the season. Um, however, he returned um, from that muscle injury in time to start the new season with his club, which I believe started in August. However, he also had a, a biceps femoral uh, muscle injury in late October. Uh, however, he was recovered and playing by November 10th. So he's kind of uh, consistently been a worry with an injury, but he does seem to have recovered in time for the cup and thus they selected him. Okay, Ezequiel Palacios, the likely candidate, was selected for the squad, as was Guido Rodriguez, so both likely candidates there. Uh, Alexis McAllister, the possible candidate, was selected. Uh, but the possible but unlikely candidate, uh, Nicolas Dominguez, was selected only for the preliminary squad, uh, which in itself was a surprise because we had him as a... Uh, possible but unlikely but he was not selected for the final squad and uh, rather we have a new candidate uh, added to the list late on and that was Enzo Fernandez so uh, Enzo Fernandez brought in at the end and because he didn't come up in the previous podcast we'll introduce him here so uh, he had never appeared never appeared for the national team even on the bench before being named to the squad for their September 2022 games. So uh, no caps for Enzo Fernandez. He's just 20, uh, 21 years old and plays for Benfica in Portugal. Uh, he moved from River Plate in Argentina in 2022 to Benfica. So there we have it, uh, Enzo Fernandez. I'm guessing, guessing uh, that, that club affiliation, uh, that move and perhaps his form uh, earned him a spot on the squad here. Okay, so five uh, central midfielders there. Let's move on to the left midfield. And I said we had uh, moved to Giovanni Lo Celso here. Um, and that's because he is usually there playing as a left attacking midfielder or as a left winger. Uh, we did actually have him as a definite candidate. And... Um, the manager had called him irreplaceable, but I'm a bit curious about that because he, he only started eight of their 13 games since the 2021 Copa America, so apparently was uh, replaceable, the irreplaceable player. Anyway, uh, injury came into it here, so a torn muscle uh, injury picked up in early November. Uh, his return was, uh, or is now expected to be December 19th. But I'm guessing they didn't know that at the time and they were waiting uh, for the prognosis to see if it was possible he played in the cup. So, I mean, the manager's uh, irreplaceable suggests that he uh, really wanted Giovanni Lo Celso uh, on the squad. And so uh, that's why he cut from 48 to 28 players. So uh, two of the players were, one of the two players were Giovanni Lo Celso kind of deciding if he was going to be fit. And I think if he had been fit, uh, a different player would have been cut. 
Uh, turns out, though, that his return date is November or, or December 19th, so uh, he was cut from the squad uh, due to his injury. So Giovanni Lo Celso uh, not making the squad. Okay, over to the right midfield, and we have a definite candidate in Rodrigo de Paul. So uh, Rodrigo de Paul did make the squad. So we'll mark him in green there. And uh, yeah, he uh, is coded as a right midfielder, but he does sometimes uh, uh, play a little further back in the central midfield, uh, Rodrigo de Paul. And uh, yes, uh, I'm just going to, sorry, summarize the position of left and right midfielder. Uh, so we'll go back to the left side and talk about Los Celso. It was mostly Los Celso in this uh, position. And the position is really used in that 4-3-3, uh, which seems to be their, their favorite formation. So, um, uh, But Los Celso only started, as I said, eight of the 13 games. And a variety of others uh, stepped into the position. However, uh, no one more than twice other than Lo Celso, of course. Lo Celso played both September friendlies in the position, and uh, the, in the 4-4-2 of the November match, the position was not used. Uh, okay, and then on the right midfield, again, uh, same story. It's, it's used when the formation is a 4-3-3, and uh, DePaul uh, is there when they use the position. Um, Again, they use a position about half the time, so that's why uh, DePaul has, uh, oh no, he has 12 of 13 stars. So uh, when they don't use the position, he is used elsewhere in the midfield. Uh, in terms of the right midfield position, though, it was DePaul uh, in one of the September friendlies and McAllister in the other. Uh, and as I said, the position was not used in the uh, uh, in the November game. Okay, we are ready to move on to left wingers. And here uh, we have, um, well, Angel Maria is coded as a left midfielder, which is uh, uh, doesn't suit our purposes because we consider a left midfielder a more defensive position. Uh, so he's a more of an attacker. And he has played on the left side for uh, long periods of his career. But recently he's, uh, or during the period we're talking about, which is from the 2021 Gold Cup, he has been uh, a right winger, basically. No, uh, not so much a right winger as a, a right attacking midfielder, sometimes even a right forward, actually. Anyway, we have moved him to the position of right winger uh, because we're going to deal with right attacking forward there too. So uh, we will defer uh, talking about Angel Maria and uh, our next candidate here is Papu Gomez or uh, sometimes called Alejandro uh, Gomez and we have a possible candidate in Lucas Ocampos and then uh, he seems to be off the squad Eduardo Salvio and that proves right he is off the squad he was not selected so we'll remove Eduardo Salvio from the list uh, and uh, go back to the top. So Papu Gomez or Alejandro Gomez was selected. Lucas Ocampos was selected for the preliminary squad, but didn't make the cut to the final squad. Okay, and uh, let's summarize the position of uh, left winger. So actually the winger position is rarely used, uh, but these players may move into a left attacking midfielder or even a left forward role. Uh, uh, so uh, Papu Gomez played more centrally uh, in the few games that he did start. And he also played as a left forward in one of the recent friendlies. And as we've noted, the position of uh, uh, right wing wasn't used in the last friendly. Oh, sorry, it was used in the last friendly. It's a 4-4-2. Uh, they don't often use it, but they used it in the last friendly. And it was not uh, Papu Gomez who played it, but uh, central midfielder McAllister, who seems to pop up all over the place. He played as the uh, left winger there. Okay, let's move on to the right wing. We've now moved down Hel Di Maria over here. And so uh, uh, he is the first candidate, a definite candidate. And so is uh, Joaquin Correa. 
we had him as a definite candidate and a possible but unlikely candidate was Emiliano Buendia. So those are the three candidates on the right wing and Angel Di Maria uh, did make the final squad as did Joaquin Correa. So uh, we were pretty good in uh, identifying uh, chances. Possible but unlikely candidate Emiliano Buendia did make the preliminary squad but was not selected for the final squad. Okay, so that's right wingers and let's talk about the position. As on the left, the right wing position is rarely used, but uh, Angel Maria plays it. Angel Di Maria plays uh, ever more regularly as a right attacking midfielder and sometimes as a right forward. So he played um, once as a right forward and once as a right winger in the recent friendlies, uh, right winger in that November game there. So uh, that uh, is uh, the situation on the right side. And now we move to the forward line, beginning with attacking midfielders. And uh, generally we have kind of central attacking midfielders in mind here because we've done the wingers uh, uh, and uh, the right and left attacking midfielders. Okay, so uh, here the candidates uh, are Antel Correa, uh, he was a likely candidate. And then we had uh, Maximili Maximiliano Meza as a possible but unlikely candidate. Also Manuel Lanzini as possible but unlikely. So Manuel Lanzini uh, was not selected even for the preliminary squad. Uh, Maximiliano Meza was selected for the preliminary squad but did not make the final cut. And Angel Correa uh, was another of the two players that they were uh, kind of delaying a decision on. So they made the cut from 48 to 28 uh, to 27. Uh, Los Also was uh, number 28. Uh, Angel Correa was number 27. So the last player cut uh, there. So um, basically on the preliminary squad, I believe he made that... Uh, uh, reserve squad, but honestly, I don't really pay attention to that because I don't think it means that much. Okay, and finally, we're going to look at, uh, no, we should look at the position of attacking midfielders. So the position exists uh, only in the 4-2-3-1, which as we saw, they don't use very often. Uh, when they do use it, it is forward Messi or forward Diabala. Uh, or sometimes central midfielder McAllister, who appear as the central attacking midfielder. However, uh, the position was not used in recent friendlies, because if you think of a 4-3-3 and a 4-4-2, there's uh, just one line of uh, midfield, so no uh, central attacking midfielder. Okay, so we have none. <laughs> none of them made it. Uh, forwards. Uh, we have lots. So, uh, of course, the most famous name, Lionel Messi, is, uh, you know, he's designated as a forward, but uh, actually plays in various positions in the uh, upper side of the field, the attacking side. So, Lionel Messi as a definite candidate, and Nicolas Gonzalez also as a definite candidate. Uh, we have uh, Lotero Martinez as a likely candidate. I know Argentina fans, you're saying, like, what? But if you go back to the full play podcast, we explain why we put him as likely rather than definite. Uh, and we also have uh, Julian Alvarez as a likely candidate. Possible candidate, Paolo Dybala. And uh, possible but unlikely, we have three candidates. And we'll delete them as we go because none of them made it. Uh, no, I, I won't delete them as we go because uh, that is not true. So Lucas Alario, Lucas Boye, and Giovanni Simeone, uh, uh, all possible but unlikely. And then uh, we did in our podcast mention uh, Sergio Aguero, who is now retired. Uh, so uh, we delete him from the list. Let's go back to the top. And they brought a lot of these players, actually. Uh, no surprise, Lionel Messi was selected. Nicolas Gonzalez, the other definite candidate, too, uh, was selected. 
the possible or the likely candidate, uh, Lotaro Martinez, uh, selected, uh, Julian Alvarez also selected, and Paulo Dybala also uh, selected, the possible candidate. And uh, okay, Lucas Alario. Uh, was selected for the preliminary squad, but didn't make the final cut. Same is true of Giovanni Simeone, uh, selected for the uh, preliminary squad, but didn't make the final cut. Lucas Boy, on the other hand, was not selected even for the preliminary squad. So that leaves us with five forwards, Lionel Messi, Nicolas Gonzalez, Lotaro Martinez, uh, Julian Alvarez, and Paolo Dybala. So let's uh, talk about who's been playing where, and uh, the uh, so the outside forwards. If you think about the four-three-three, the uh, two forwards on the outside are generally Gonzalez on the left, and Messi on the right, and then uh, right winger Di Maria uh, sometimes comes into uh, either position, maybe on the left or on the right. Uh, towards the end of the period we're talking about, which is the 2021 Gold Cup to June 2022, uh, Julian Alvarez made inroads there. And the center forward is usually Lotaro uh, Martinez or Lionel Messi. And sometimes it can be both because we saw that uh, they do sometimes have two forwards uh, lining up. So Lotero Martinez started both of the September friendlies as a forward, uh, and it was Julian Alvarez alongside Messi in the November game. Okay, so uh, just for those of you who are still freaking out of uh, Lotero Martinez as a uh, as a likely candidate, we do kind of put him uh, 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 a bit higher in terms of the likelihood of his starting. It's just uh, given the number of games he played in the period we're talking about, uh, we had a bit of a concern uh, that, that that lowered him from a definite candidate to a uh, a, pot, a uh, likely candidate. Uh, I also have a, a, a note on Paolo uh, Dybala, uh, an injury note, a hamstring injury in mid-October uh, was a bit of a concern, but he was back playing uh, on November 13th. So it looks like a, a slight worry for an injury that came to nothing, which Argentinians will be happy about. Okay, and um, a little later I'll talk about uh, several candidates who made the preliminary squad. Uh, I'm just looking at the number five, six, seven, eight, nine. There were nine players who made the preliminary squad uh, that we didn't talk about in the uh, previous podcast because they hadn't been around by that point. So all of these players kind of appearing or or else reappearing, um, meaning that they hadn't played uh, in 2021 uh, going forward. So there, I think there was one player who had played before that. Uh, but we will only kind of talk about the main uh, players of those nine, those who are of interest. So uh, you see that uh, uh, that makes up nine of the 22 players they cut in the preliminary squad. Okay, well, that uh, brings us to the end of the player section, uh, the player-by-player -player section. So let's move on to some stats. We did do uh, uh, these uh, similar stats for uh, the team as a whole, but they were for the uh, basically for all the players on the slate for Argentina, which is basically all players who had played since 2021. Now we've reduced it to just talking about these 26 uh, players who reached the final squad. So the average age of those 26 is 27.9. So uh, that is actually quite old. The average is uh, 27.1. And there are a couple of teams who are uh, slightly older, but uh, obviously Argentina uh, favoring um, uh, favoring veterans over youth there. So uh, we'll break this down a bit by saying there are five players who are 33 or older. And uh, only, let me see, uh, two players who are 22 or younger. So we'll put a little graphic up for the YouTube people. And uh, this is what it looks like. So we have uh, Franco Armani at 36, the goalkeeper. Lionel Messi at 35. And uh, Angel Di Maria, Nicolas Otamendi, and Papu Gomez all at 34. 
actually it takes a bit of a drop there down to 31 years old and there are five more players who are in their 30s 30 or 31 and then if we go down to the bottom of the graph we see um uh, Alex Alex McAllister at 23 years old, Julian Alvarez at 22 year old. So they're pretty, uh, uh, you know, becoming big names for the club, uh, for the uh, national team. And Enzo Fernandez, the one who has kind of brought in the only new candidate, uh, 21 years old. So uh, just those three who are below 23. So uh, not much youth in the squad. Uh, there, but I'm and I'm sure that's something they'll kind of have to address after uh, this World Cup. It's a bit of renewal there. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if uh, Lionel Messi, if this is his last tournament. Uh, let's talk about the average number of caps. Uh, Thirty-one for Argentina. That doesn't mean much in itself. Uh, the average is thirty-four. So surprisingly, despite that age. Uh, it doesn't really come with experience because they are a bit below average uh, in terms of experience. So uh, that's quite interesting, except I've realized I'm wrong and I've read the wrong stat. It's 34.1, not 31. 34.1 is bang on average. The average is uh, 34 there. Sorry about that. Okay, Argentina in terms of goals, total goals is 164. And the total goals per cap is uh, 18.5. Now, these numbers don't mean that much uh, in themselves until we compare them with other teams. So 18.5%. And uh, so the total number of goals average is 115. So Argentina way above that. And I don't think uh, you'll be surprised to hear that they are a high-scoring team. 18.5, uh, there's few in the world that can match that. Uh, it's even higher than Brazil's 16.9. And uh, actually, that is the highest scoring ratio. Yeah, so we can expect goals from uh, from Argentina. Well, who can we expect the goals from? Uh, we'll take a quick look at that next. And, uh, of course, Lionel Messi uh, is uh, uh, good for a few goals. He's got 90 in his career uh, in 164 caps. So that is a ratio of 54.9%, uh, a very good ratio, uh, I would say. And Lotaro Martinez uh, almost matches that with 21 goals in 40 games. So he hasn't been doing it for as long as Messi is, but that's uh, uh, very good ratios for their two uh, center forwards there. And then the other ones chipping in, Angel Di Maria, is at 20%. Um, uh, Papu Gomez also at 20%. And uh, Julian Alvarez probably a substitute forward at 18%. But we won't take his statistic too seriously. It's two goals in 11 games. So we generally don't take it seriously until they have more than uh, 20 goals. So Papu Gomez also there. Uh, uh, only with 15 games. Uh, nevertheless, they're getting goals from all over the field, uh, even a couple of central defenders uh, chipping in with the goals. Uh, I'm a bit surprised Nicolas Gonzalez uh, only has three in 21 goals, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, uh, to see him scoring a bit more uh, in the cup. Uh, but anyway, uh, the goals of uh, Messi and uh, Martinez uh, kind of uh, make, doing most of the heavy lifting there. And uh, those are the ones we'll be looking uh, for in the cup. Okay, we're going to finish. Uh, the next section is a bunch of summaries. So we'll start with uh, notable non-selections. The notable non-selections are Juan Musso. Uh, he was a, a goalie who we considered a likely candidate. Perhaps an injury uh, played into his uh, non-selection there. And uh, I won't do this too much, but I, um, there were a couple of players selected for the preliminary squad that uh, were uh, surprising, even though they weren't selected. Agustin uh, uh coming back from the cold, he had last appeared for the national team in the 2021 uh, Copa America, kind of coming back from the cold uh, to be named to the preliminary squad, but he didn't make the uh, final squad there. Uh, Angel Correa um, uh, almost made the squad. He was the last uh, player cut, uh, but cut he was. Uh, whether he's on the uh, 
the reserve squad or not. He, he's uh, basically not on the squad here. And uh, those three players are kind of notable for non-selections. Surprise inclusions? Well, we don't have any, which uh, makes me feel good because it suggests our predictions were uh, uh, pretty good there. Uh, however, uh, the next category is new players, and we do uh, have one of those. So uh, Enzo Fernandez is the only new player that actually made the final squad. He's a central midfielder and plays for Benfica in Portugal. And uh, I said I would talk about some of the players who made the preliminary squad uh, but didn't make the final squad, uh, which is kind of interesting because they uh, may well be kind of players to look for in the future or in the next generation. So uh, we just chose a couple of them, uh, mostly the ones with uh, big club affiliations. So Valentin Carboni, uh, he plays for Inter Milan in Italy, or really with their under-19 squad. Uh, Matthias Sule uh, plays for uh, Juventus in Italy. Maybe I'll take the highlights off there so the YouTube uh, viewers can see them a bit more clearly. Uh, we also have Alejandro Garnacho, and interestingly, he just made his uh, debut for Man United. So he plays for uh, Manchester United in England. Uh, these guys are all really young. Uh, Valentin, uh, actually, Enzo Fernandez, we saw, was the youngest player on the final squad, just 21 years old. Uh, Carboni is uh, 17 years old. Sule, uh, 19 years old. And Garnacho, uh, 18 years old. Uh, and then the other, the other kind of um, new player, in a sense, is Roberto Pereira. Argentinian fans will be saying, what? He's not new. Uh, uh, but he is in the sense that he's making a comeback. Uh, and he was a bit of a surprise selection for the squad. So uh, he's been on the team since 2014 with 19 caps and two goals. He's 31 years old. And uh, he played in the 2019 Copa America. But uh, he last appeared for the national team uh, on the bench in October 2019. Uh, but uh, uh, surprisingly, uh, for me at least, was was uh, named to the preliminary squad. So uh, he plays for Udinese in Italy. And uh, perhaps this suggests a bit of a comeback in the future, although he's 31 years old. So he'd have to probably do it within the next uh, in the next tournament. Okay, updates on injuries. We have four categories here. The first one is recovered from injury. So uh, recovered from injury, we have Leandro Paredes, who was a bit of a worry we mentioned in our last podcast. Uh, Paolo Diabala, uh, Paolo Dybala, uh, also uh, had a hamstring injury uh, in mid-October, but was back playing in November. Uh, Nicolas Gonzalez, and I'm not sure I talked about this one, actually. Uh, so Nicolas Gonzalez was out with a, an unknown injury from late October, but he was fit to play on the bench for Argentina's November 16th friendly. And uh, on the uh, on my main source that I use for injuries, he was not reported as an injured player. So it uh, looked uh, like there was a bit of concern, and uh, he, he made it. Uh, okay, the next category is an injury doubt. So this would be a player who has an injury but is nevertheless on the roster, suggesting that the manager thinks that they will recover from their injury, and that is Christian Romero. Uh, a hamstring injury picked up in late October and is expected to return November 19th. So that's, uh, that's going to be a bit touchy, uh, whether he does, but perhaps he'll... Uh, miss the first game if the injury is not too serious and then be able to play for the second next category is those dropped due to injury uh, and this is uh, Juan Musso or uh, uh, we suspect that he you know that the injury at least uh, played a role in his non-selection but he was actually back playing uh, in November uh, but not selected for the squad, but that might explain why the likely candidate was not selected. And uh, also Giovanni Lo Celso uh, missing because of injury. They were kind of waiting until the last moment in hopes that he would make it. But now uh, the prognosis is 
uh, that he wouldn't recover until December 19th. So uh, that would leave him out of too many games. The last category is players who were injured, but they weren't strong candidates. We don't have anyone in that category. So we're going to move on to the uh, predicted starters section of the podcast. And this is where we finally come clean on uh, uh, what we really think. Uh, and uh, YouTube uh, watchers may know, notice that I magically populated the uh, uh, the uh, players, the uh, list there uh, uh, on the podcast. Okay, uh, let's go through the list. So, uh, we begin with Lionel Scaloni, so we would consider him uh, as if he was a starter, the starting manager. And uh, for goalkeepers, we have Emiliano Martinez, Franco Armani, and Geronimo Rally. So uh, in the previous podcast, we had Emilio Mar- Martinez as a starter, and we still think so. So uh, no change in our opinion there. Uh, for central defenders, we had put... Uh, all four, Nicolas Otamendi, German Pazelli, Lisandro Martinez, and Christian Romero. And we had put all four of them as possible or rotating starters. Uh, kind of hedging our bets a bit, but honestly, we really couldn't uh, even determine which one had played uh, enough uh, uh, enough games over the others that we, th- we thought that they were favorites. So uh, in the previous podcast, we... Uh, used yellow to indicate that we weren't sure or that it would be a rotation of these players. And that's what we still think because the September uh, and November friendlies didn't really clarify uh, things for us. So uh, we have to kind of wait until the cup to see what's going to happen there. Uh, For left backs, the candidates or the successful uh, selections were Marco Sacuna and Nicolas Tagliafico. And... um, in the, in the previous podcast, we predicted Acuna and Tagliafico as rotating starters. And the, the, the September and November friendlies reinforced that impression. So uh, we think there's going to be rotation at the left-back position there. Uh, that could also mean uh, we, don't, we, we don't have enough evidence to choose one over the other. For right-backs, uh, we have um, Nahuel Molina. Gonzalo Montiel and Juan Foyth. Uh, the manager really confused us here. We had Molina as the starter, but the friendly since June made us increasingly uncertain. Um, we might still nominate Molina as the starter, uh, given that he uh, um, had played so many of their games since the 2021 Copa America. But the fact that the manager used all three of them over the last three friendlies uh, makes us a bit doubtful uh, about that. Perhaps there will be a bit of rotation there, but uh, we'll we'll go with Molina on that one. Uh, in the central midfield, uh, we're going to combine uh, defensive and central midfielders here. So uh, we had Paredes and Rodriguez as rotating uh, or pot, both of them possible starters, and uh, we're going to stick to that. Uh, Leandro Paredes, and uh, sorry, so that should be in yellow, because uh, we're not kind of singling out one of them as a starter. And I, I have a note here, central midfield McAllister looks the most likely. Uh, no, sorry, central uh, midfielder McAllister uh, what is it? Has not has not started enough games for us to uh, identify him as a starter. But I'm going to change my mind on that. He hasn't started enough necessarily as a central midfielder, but uh, he started as a winger in the last uh, November friendly. He started in a couple of other positions. So I am going to predict that he will be a sometime starter uh, there, though not necessarily as a central midfielder. Okay, let's move on to uh, left midfielders. Uh, oh, there were no candidates there. So uh, Lo Celso would have been um, 
I guess a sometimes starter. I'm not uh, buying the managers uh, calling him irreplaceable. I think that was just a euphemism for saying he was a very important player. If he was irreplaceable, he would have started more than eight of their 13 games. And uh, and actually, uh, the fact that Los Celso is gone kind of boosts McAllister's chances of, uh, of uh, stepping into this position. Uh, so, uh, again, I'm kind of glad uh, I've... Uh, Change McAllister to a sometime starter there. Okay, as a right midfielder, we had De Paolo, uh, sorry, De, uh, Rodrigo De Paul as a starter, and he usually starts. Uh, if it's not a right midfielder formation, then he sometimes starts as a central midfielder. So I'm going to say uh, uh, a definite starter on that one for Rodrigo De Paul. Okay, over on the left wing. Uh, uh, we do have Papu Gomez, but we don't see him as a starter. Um, he may get a start, but they don't use the left wing position that much. And uh, the left attacking midfielder or, or left forward role is sometimes played by a forward. So uh, we don't, we didn't see him starting enough to, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't fight too hard against a portable starter or sometimes starter, but we're going to leave that blank here. Uh, right winger, though, uh, we do have Angel Di Maria as a starter in the upper right quadrant uh, there. And the other candidate is Wacking Korea, but we don't see him as a starter. Okay, for the attacking midfield, uh, the position is rarely used, and uh, uh, we don't have any starters there. And among the forwards, um, we had Nicolas Gonzalez and Lionel Messi as the starters, but I think I made a mistake there because actually Gonzalez only started four games. And so uh, uh, Lotero, started, uh, Lotero Martinez started more. Um, but one of the reasons we had left him out was or, or, or reduced him to likely was because he had missed uh, one of the games in June, so we wondered if he was uh, if he was being disfavored by the manager. Uh, maybe we were a bit hasty there. Long and short of it, we have Lionel Messi as a starter and Latoro Martinez uh, as a starter, and uh, uh, Messi not necessarily as a forward, but uh, somewhere in the forward end of the field. Okay, so that is it. Those were our predictions, and we finish with uh, some closing thoughts. Uh, maybe we'll make a comment on how we think Argentina is going to be overall, but we're not going to revisit the whole discussion we had in the team podcast. So we're going to focus on this question. Does the selection change our opinion about uh, Argentina's chances? No. That's really all I have to say about that. We thought that they have a good chance of winning the cup. Uh, of winning the title and there's nothing in these selections uh, that make us change our mind no major absences Los Elso is a bit of a loss there uh, a couple of players kind of look a bit injured uh, coming in Romero and maybe even Paredes but uh, uh, Argentina has more than enough players to cover those losses and uh, we said they'd be one of the strongest teams in the cup and we still think so so that's all we have to say about that. And that brings us to the end of the podcast. Keep in mind, we may be editing together a list of the bios of the 26 final candidates. And those will be mostly uh, outtakes from the main player podcast if we do that. It won't be a separate podcast, but just an edited version of the main player podcast. So uh, if we do that, it'll come out in the first few days of the cup, we hope. And um, I would personally like to have that to listen to uh, before uh, that team plays a game. Anyway, meanwhile, keep an eye out for us at SoccerFiles.Canada uh, and visit our website at SoccerFilesCaptivate.fm. I keep forgetting to show the picture at the end uh, on the, on the uh, YouTube podcast, but there it is. So check our show notes. Uh, everything's in there, links to our website, a previous podcast, and we hope uh, this helps you to enjoy the cup, and we'll see you in our next uh, media cast. Bye-bye. <laughs>